Last time on Radioactive Spider Pod. Fast check, gun check, glider check. Dude Browington of the Hampton Browingtons. I don't understand why you do these things. Top of the class. Uncle Ben says hello. Fucking Giraffe Osborne over here. It's an honor for me to turn over this first load of earth. Ah, load. Oh, I have a better question. Who fucking cares? Osborne, you see what Parker just did? Are you okay, Dad? Fine, fine. Fine, fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. He's got a bottle of wine in that satchel that he has, and he's just been drinking it all day. You can't talk to me like I'm some punk. This lovely two-bedroom condo has all the amenities plus large windows for web-slinging. See, I went in a different way with that. I thought... You thought it was a sex thing? Impertinence. Osborne. Norman Osborne. I feel like he gets drunk and he acts like he does when he has the symbiote. No one cares. I think the word you're looking for here is coma, Mr. Quote-Unquote Doctor. He reminds me of myself as a young man. Why does nobody want to pay Hobgoblin? (laughs) I think this scene's kind of (laughs) dumb. He is loving it. Mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. Everybody's just shitting on Osborne now. I mean, other than that, it's Aunt May, and she can take a fucking dirt nap for all I care. Mary Jane. So upset with Peter in this episode. And it comes with a remote control. Kingpin's a double-crossing snake. You're a lying opportunist. He fronted on Aunt May, so that guy's going down. Well, there really isn't a bow on it so much as there's a tacky little IOU. (laughs) And now for the exciting conclusion. Welcome to married life, Kevin. I just tell you where to be, okay? And sometimes I say, no, sir. And I sit at home in my underwear, writing introductions for podcasts like this one. Welcome back, loyal listeners to Radioactive Spider Pod. It feels good to be back. (sighs) I missed you. You look good. You lost weight. Let's go. We're your hosts, the vehicular Vero Taylor. Vroom, vroom. Vroom, vroom, indeed. And the propulsional Peter Iskandar. Pew, pew. <laughs> you tried your best. Oh, uh, no fart noise? <laughs> <laughs> it's an electric car. You can't hear it. And I am the keyless Kevin McAvoy, so I'm going nowhere fast. Before we begin, hit us up on the socials with questions or comments, Radioactive Spider Pod on Facebook and Instagram, and RA Spider Pod on Twitter. Damn so, that Twitter. Yeah, I know. I, I don't. Yeah, I'm surprised they haven't changed that. They increased the character limit, but they didn't increase their username limit. Come on. We're very descriptive over here. Uh, And this is the second (laughs) episode of a two-parter on the Hobgoblin. Last episode, we puzzled about why they did the Hobgoblin instead of the Green Goblin, because it doesn't make any fucking sense. Uh, And listener Andrew Grieve, shout out to Andrew. Woo! Hey, there we go. Let us know that it had to do with toy production. And digging around on John Zepper Jr., a.k.a. Semper Senpai's Spider-Man Facebook page, he actually explained it a bit, claiming that bringing in Hobgoblin was the idea of the show's original head writer, and this mystery man was then fired because he didn't want to do Green Goblin at all. Good. Yeah, I agree as well. Uh, By the time things were settled, though, the toy production was too far along, and so they just had to do the things the way they did them. It would have been funny if they took that model for the Hobgoblin and just painted it green. (laughs) 
They could have, yeah. I'm sure the glider for the Green Goblin is the exact same, just gray. Yeah, I also saw a bunch of weird stuff on Semper Senpai's social accounts taking credit for lots of stuff, like inventing the Spider-Verse, and he just keeps writing, you're welcome, Hollywood, you're welcome, Golden Globes. It gets... We might have to talk about that guy at some point. And other people on YouTube make that distinction as well. Like, they give him, quote-unquote, credit for it. Like, I see their point. Yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> so, uh, I was booting this thing up, and the recaps started again. We use weird, uh, let's say, DVDs to watch this show. And the uh, <laughs> Russian voice track that it defaults to uh, is always interesting to hear. Uh, and we can only assume that the Russian Waluigi does the voice for the goblin on this one because the laugh is so ridiculous. <laughs> it's the opposite of scary. <laughs> yeah, I love the Hamel laugh. This is great, but for completely different reasons. Yeah, well, at least they made it their own, you know? Like, it's really hard to, to just imitate such iconic stuff. I mean, it's, I guess it's iconic to us. If you're in Russia, for example, and you're watching all this dub stuff, like, it's not going to be any different to you, right? Russian fans, hit us up. Is the is the laugh better? Or is are they like sliding in anti-capitalist themes? <laughs> oh. You don't know. Russia is a democracy now, Kevin. They had a fair election. It's more of an oligarchy. Um, anyway, <laughs> I'm escaping this conversation before Putin shoots me or injects me with something radioactive. He's listening to us right Kevin, now. Kevin, jump on that jetpack. Get out of here. Get on your wing. <laughs> oh, I'm going to hop onto my second clunkier looking flying wing and grab some smart bombs because we're taking off into episode 12, The Hobgoblin, part two. The Hobgoblin Part 2 first aired May 27th, 1995, and is loosely based, along with the last episode, on the Amazing Spider-Man issues 249 through 251. As usual with this podcast, I go and I try and read those comics that the episodes are based on, so I read those issues. There's really no similarities between these episodes. Well, I mean, comics. Hobgoblin and Kingpin are in them. That's really it. So what happens in the comics is Hobgoblin goes and finds Norman Osborn's notes and it has all the information about his goblin formula, his glider, like all the different stuff and also all of his dealings that he had and like all the secrets that he knew about other people, including Jameson and Kingpin. And the Hobgoblin goes and uses it as blackmail to get money, which I guess that's the only similarity is his motivation is money. He likes money. But, um, yeah, but he also in the comics has superhuman strength because he uses the goblin formula. Well, uh, we haven't seen the goblin formula yet. I think the real shame is that they don't use the wardrobe choices that Peter Parker does in The Amazing Spider-Man issue 249 when he goes to a pool party and he wears short shorts and a half shirt that says animal on it. Because that's what he oh, is. Yeah. That is the best part it's of the entire comic. I didn't really get past those pages. <laughs> Sexy Peter Parker. You see that and you're just like, done. <laughs> drop, the, drop the comic and leave. I'm right into my bunk. Uh, <laughs> Kevin, why did you leave this comic book in the middle of the kitchen? Oh my God. I have God. my reasons. <laughs> why was that not your Halloween costume? Oh, uh, because I don't have the tummy. You should have gone as that version of Peter Parker. Yeah, one day. Uh, okay. 
Our story picks back up with a bang. Spider-Man dodges through an exploding building and finds himself grounded. The goblin dominates him again, and Spidey only survives the onslaught because he hides in a filthy sewer. Yeah, it's uh, uh, Spider-Man's uh, uneven bars routine to get through this blowing up building. And in hindsight, like, as a kid, I totally was floored. Uh-oh. Spider-Man's not making it through. And then you watch the play-by-play for the recap afterwards. And yeah, no, it's very clear. He's just going to swing his way through the building. I feel like a fool. (laughs) Well, Vero, you know, 30-year-old people were not the audience at the time. Uh, I'm sure they had a large contingent of very lonely people. And if that's you, thanks for listening. <laughs> we're we're in it all together, Kevin. That's true. We're no better. Where does he land? Does he go to residential area of New York? Like he just flies through the building and then says, "Oh, where are those skyscrapers when you need them?" What? Yeah, seriously. Yeah, he 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 swung his way to suburbia. There's not even like a four-story building. There's no water towers. I'm told there's a lot of water towers by the show. <laughs> I did think it was weird because at first i thought it was gonna be interesting that he had no towers to fight on i was like oh maybe uh it'll cause him to fight in a different way and he'll he'll think of something but nope hobgoblin has the higher ground and he uses it and just beats him down like he just scurries around like a bug avoiding a shoe there's no <laughs> ah, any ah. attempt at coming back at him but couldn't he have gone back into the building he just leapt out of yeah, it's probably no longer structurally sound. Like, that's not going to get an okay from the building inspector at this point. Yeah, well, where is that guy? He's probably on a coffee Maybe break, he got smart bombed. <laughs> no, no, he's doing the classic, like, he's drinking his coffee, and then he sees the explosion, and now it's on his, the front of his shirt. Yeah, Spit takes it. He was on break time, just <laughs> about to drink his coffee and donut. Oh, my building! Oh, this is unbelievable! <laughs> my, is it Eddie Brock's apartment being torn down? It's his it's dad. It's his like dad who's just like, ah, I do miss my son in jail, but uh, at least I've got my be- my apartment, <laughs> my bagel, my apartment <laughs> building, my coffee. Oh. Uh, Spider-Man does end up in the garbage again because of the weird yep. garbage fetish that the writers have. Oh, rat man and cockroach man aren't already in here. Why is it yeah, the garbage trucks just in the middle of the street full? <laughs> and of course he lands in. I'd like to picture a cockroach man that has a sidekick named Maggot Boy. Ratman and Cockroach Man are definitely the arch enemies of Spider-Man. <laughs> I also love that he's flying around on his glider and then chooses to be like, go, smart bombs, and then just shoots in a straight line. Yeah. It's like spell check. Once you start using it, you just, <laughs> you, you feel like you can't not use it anymore, you know? It's like we were yeah, saying before so. this started, you know, you get used to something and you just offload that part of your brain. Go, bomb. Doesn't he use two, like, lasers to light up the ground he does i guess he brings back his sun lasers for a second there but spider-man just backflips out of the way so he's fine he's doing his floor routine (laughs) but also how did these pumpkin bombs reload right like it seems they have claws that just hold them onto the glider and then yeah sometimes it drops them it's weird and then they just appear back maybe there's like a magazine behind them that loads them i've heard of countries with smaller arsenals but when you're making weapons, like, why are you making them pumpkin themed? Because <laughs> it's spooky. It goes with the bat. Wing. I guess, yeah. Yeah. I guess it fits his appearance, as uh, Kingpin said in the last episode. That's true. It's best not to uh, 
nitpick too much at this lest it collapse under its own weight of idiocy. <laughs> Spider-Man's uh, hiding in the underneath the garbage truck. It gets bombed to shit. It looks like he's dead, but no, oh no, he's just underneath uh, and into the sewer. Deus Ex sewer yeah. grate. So first of all, where is everybody? Right? It looks like he just went to some abandoned part of the town. Maybe they're all hiding in the shops and stuff like that. And when the explosion comes, you see them all gathering around the fire. There's no way he right? survived that. <laughs> Did you see it? He never had a chance. They're like people from uh, California. They're so used to earthquakes. They don't even care anymore. People of New York are now so used to villain attacks that they're just like, <laughs> yeah, they just pick up their coffee and like make sure it doesn't spill, you know? They're like, ugh, is yeah. it the rhino again? Just hold that. It'll be done in a second. Yeah, they don't stop Pilates <laughs> to uh, actually check it out. <laughs> stop Pilates. Everyone's doing Pilates. Uh, ask ask them. Yep. I knew, though, when he went under that bus, and which was like an old Volkswagen van. If that van's a-rockin', don't come a-knockin'. As soon as he went under there and it exploded, and there was like that cliffhanger, I'm just like, oh, he probably just slipped under into the sewer underneath. And so I'm like, wait, how the fuck did he get through that grate? It looks like he tore it apart. Like, is, is Spider-Man super strong or something? Peter, I don't know how to <laughs> tell you this, but he's pretty strong. <laughs> oh, no. Where are you getting your information from? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Some guy told me once. <laughs> yeah, we'll never know. I love the girl, the lady who's just like, there's no way he survived that. Like, her accent's so bad. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and then there's that other person who's just like, Who's going to pay for all this? <laughs> the only reasonable man. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Is yeah. this my taxes going up? <laughs> I like that the way they cap off a scene is they show the fire department showing up to put out that car fire mm -hmm. super quickly, and the fire department looks so badass. Like these, It's like <laughs> these three guys with six stashes and beefy arms. Like They're the real heroes. The guy's got the safety glasses on, the one who plugs it into the fire hydrant. He does. Spider-Man's just lamenting himself. You know, my life sucks. I almost couldn't beat him. And then they do the classic gag of, and now he's sprayed with water from the hose. Womp womp. Why are you sitting under the grate? Get out of there. <laughs> well, I don't think he expected such a, a crisp response time from the uh, fire department. What I think is he was sitting there to bide his time to make sure the coast was clear. Like, he wanted Hobgoblin to think that he was injured or dead or anything so that Hobgoblin can just get away and he can go and, like, regroup and think of a new strategy. Maybe use his smarts instead of his webs this time. Never done that before. Nah, not going to do that. <laughs> Part of me wishes this was, like, how we talked about when he's wearing the black suit for a couple episodes before he faces Venom. Because I feel like black yeah. suit Spider-Man would have had none of this shit. He would have like. Oh no! He would have torn him limb from limb. Beat him to death like, with the blighter. Yeah. He would have <laughs> used his superior webbing, pulled him off the glider, and yeah, just. Eh, eh, no, he would have eh. clapped him between the two gliders. Yeah. Oh Squashed man. Flat. Yeah, that sound really doesn't work well without visuals. Vero just was kind of. Meanwhile at Oscorp, Norman Osborn is relaxing, watching several TVs at once. Spider-Man shows up to get some answers and go good Spidey, bad Spidey on his ass. All he learns, though, is that everything is going down at midnight. All I could think of was Five Nights at Freddy's. 
because there's all these multiple screens going on, and then it pans away. Spider-Man jumps on something, pans back. Spider-Man's a little bit closer, pans back. I was like, come on, Norman, pay attention. <laughs> Close it down. You're going to get his fright. You're going to get such a fright. <laughs> and then he did. So does nobody else work at Oscorp? Because it's just Norman sitting in a chair watching videos. With no security. Didn't he just have a security team the last episode not letting Harry's roommate into the complex? Because that's too dangerous? No, you can't come in here. Nobody sees the Osborne. Not nobody. Not know how. Everyone else and their fucking grandmother can get in there just bypassing him. Kingpin, you know, did all those budget cuts. And uh, <laughs> now it's just Norman. Right, right. Because he has the he's a he the silent partnership. Spider Man's asking him how he can get in the be- into bed with the hobgoblin. I don't think that's what he was asking. Hey oh. And Norman gives every reason but Harry. <laughs> he was gonna take everything from yeah. me. That's important. You know, my company, my time, my money, my company, my money, my money. You mean your son? Uh yeah. I said everything. <laughs> yeah, like just will not acknowledge Harry. I could lose it all. My company, my inventions. Everything. What about your son? I said everything. Yeah, Spider-Man comes in here real hot and bothered about this whole thing. And he says, uh, it's personal for me too. And at first it was like, oh yeah, because of Aunt May. But then I'm like, I think he might be more worried about losing this apartment. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the windows. <laughs> yeah, those are perfect for web slinging. I can't just give that up. Oh, it's rent controlled too. I don't know. Yeah, it's rent controlled in that he doesn't have to pay rent. Did you guys notice when Norman was watching like the news, it was the same fucking reporter again from J3 Communications? Hey, he's their star man. <laughs> I th- we assume we don't know who this guy is. Uh, I think Peter pointed out that it kind of looks like Geraldo Rivera, so it's definitely Geraldo Rivera now. Yeah, hundred percent, it's Geraldo for sure. And he's done. He's done cameos and cartoons before. But, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, we're just going to say it was him. Listen, why not? I want to see a show from his perspective one day. Like, he's probably a competent as shit reporter. Competent as fuck? Yeah. Competent as shit would mean he's bad, right? <laughs> the English language is flexical. Yeah. <laughs> flexical? I'll show you my flexicles. You're right, Kevin. <laughs> uh, I had a Zambuca after dinner. Leave me alone. Oh, look at you being so fancy. So, Geraldo, uh, I guess the only reporter on television now. Of course. He says... Harry was taken by a masked man who calls himself the Hobgoblin. Young Osborne was taken from his Manhattan apartment by a masked man calling himself the Hobgoblin. I'm the Hobgoblin. The Hobgoblin was already making like national news for trying to kill Wilson Fisk the other day. It's true. Yep. But he says that like it's a big reveal, you know? We, we already know about the Hobgoblin. Don't judge me. We also get a short scene at the hospital where Peter and MJ flirt over the embalmed corpse of Aunt May. I had this, like, picture in my head, if I may take this joke from basketball. Mary Jane's just reading really erotic cosmopolitan articles, like how to make your man stick around, or like, huh, Aunt May, he says here he might really enjoy it if I stick a finger in his, oh, Peter, hello, and he, like, comes in. Are you, are you implying that Peter stuck his finger in Aunt May's butt? <laughs> no, MJ's finding out that she could. Oh, MJ. MJ. <laughs> yeah. Oh. You don't know what they do in bed. As soon as they go and show MJ, I'm just like, Mary Jane. <laughs> just, like, just like how Peter was the last episode. <gasps> Mary Jane. <gasps> Mary Jane. Mary Jane. Peter and MJ are flirting 
hard over this. Oh, there's a lot of eye fucking going. I, yeah, exactly. Yeah, she's all jazzed because she read about the finger in the butt. Like, they're just like <laughs> they're grinning at each other the whole time. They're smiling. They're like laughing. You're like, this is a serious yep. moment, and they're one second away from doing it on that scratchy hospital blanket, right on top of Aunt May. It's fine. It's not sanitary. She can't. She doesn't know what's going on. Hobgoblin returns to Fisk, and when his ruse is revealed, he starts wrecking the place. His new glider is enough to send Big Willie on the run, and Hobgoblin declares victory. I love that Hobgoblin comes into the Kingpin headquarters and is like, huh, no one's around. Where is everybody? Just immediately goes to the desk, immediately puts his feet up, like the terrible brat that he is. So, Vero, was Hobgoblin sitting in the chair everything that you hoped it was uh i know you mentioned it last episode it was but i would have liked a pause i don't know it was pretty good it was pretty good kingpin is so fucking cocky in this episode and it bothers me to no end for sure like he just lets goblin fuck around in his office so that he can have a big reveal of himself coming up with him as cool trap door that I guess he has. Like it's got this mini elevator thing that <laughs> brings him up from the ground. Like he's doing a, a stage show for, I don't know, a mid tier Vegas production. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Comfortable. Like what was he doing down there? Was he like peeking over the edge waiting for the hobgoblin to show up so he could surprise him? He was in the can. Was he in the, yeah, he was in the can. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's. He's in the commode. <laughs> he just wallows down there in a pit. Was he just waiting in the tube, though? That's what I'm thinking. Did they just make that he's tube there? The he's tube. like, I need a tube. I need a tube for hiding. Uh-huh. So we need a tube that can support your weight and hide you. Yeah, that's yes. an expensive tube. Yes. That's because I'm the king. He only handles yeah, the Yeah, buddy, you keep saying that, but I don't know what you're talking about. You expect any less? I, I don't know what we're doing anymore. <laughs> His proportions are so ridiculous when he comes towards the desk. Like, we get it. He's a big guy. You're a big guy. For you. But at this point, he mm-hmm. looks like... Two guys at least stacked on top of each other. Like, his legs are way too short. Sure, he looks like sure. the dad from from King of the Hill who's got his shins blown off. What kind of man tells another man he loves him? Oh, <laughs> Cotton. No, 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 no. He looks like the principal from Clone High. Principal Scudsworth. Unacceptable. Did you see the pool? They flipped the bitch. Ah, yes. He does look like Principal Scott. Uh, oh my god. He looks god. like a slightly stouter Roger the Alien from American Dad. I like wine. <laughs> How about you try jogging, you gross bowling pin? <laughs> oh god. <laughs> oh, man. So after that, he then lets Hobgoblin get back on his glider while he's revealing that he knows about the triple cross that went down. And so he right. lets him get back on his weapon that he rides before telling him he's going to have him liquidated or whatever the hell he puts it. As of now, you are terminated. No! He knows it's the only way he can have a conversation with him or he's going to respond as if he's on the glider. Uh, All right, get back yeah. on. Let's talk. Yeah, it doesn't jive. <laughs> but again, so 
Hobgoblin, again, just wants to get paid. You read me like a book. Speaking of books, I've got to balance mine. It's time I got paid. True, but it, like, he also, like, we they have video evidence of him saying he'll do in Kingpin, so. Uh, but you know what I'm happy about? Is the return of the remote control. It actually comes in handy. It really does it, though, because Hobgoblin goes downstairs, and he opens the big door mm-hmm. on the Chrysler building. We've seen it open before. Yep. And you think he's going to run, but then he's actually just bringing in that upgraded glider that he got from Osborne. Fine. Hobgoblin brings in the glider, and this makes Fisk and Smythe retreat. But he never uses the glider at all. He just keeps throwing hand bombs, and he doesn't launch anything out of the glider. Maybe it's out of explosives. Maybe he used everything on that stupid dump truck or something. I don't know. It's the intimidation (laughs) factor, bringing in the big non-useful gun <laughs> yeah i guess so that's what she said that's what she said i like that smite immediately is like let's get the fuck out of here he's like bail 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 we gotta get out retreat from him yeah but he's been trying to get out of there from day one and the cat- <laughs> he's trapped he's trapped <laughs> this was his moment he should have just ran away that would have been good if you see smite like going to the elevator run it's our only chance yeah, Vero, how could he have run away? <laughs> he puts two hands, but it would have been funnier if he just put one hand in the back of the cover chair. And Smythe's just trying so hard to leave. And Kingpin's like, nah, 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 nah. Yeah, what good is this chair if you could just slow it down with like the Kingpin's weight? I don't feel like it really hovers. I think it's just on wheels. <laughs> like, it's only hovering like a half inch anyway. Maybe it's just uh, like a, it's like a tricycle under there. <laughs> It's actually mirrors. Like, there's mirrors on the wheels. It's a bad optical illusion, and no one has the heart to tell Smythe his dad was a fraud. There's just, like, a tiny man in there, like, riding around like a tricycle and humming into, like, a kazoo. (laughs) That's what hovering sounds like, for sure. I'm a scientist. I'm Smythe. (laughs) So we actually get a good tour of Kingpin HQ this time. Like, we actually know where things are in relation to other things. We've seen both areas, the laboratory part and then the upper part with the desk and everything, but we didn't know how they connected. And now we actually get to see that there's a staircase in between them, which I think is pretty cool because you're kind of getting a tour of uh, the space that they're in, which allows you to kind of piece it together in your head. Like, oh, okay, this is above this and that's where that thing is and... Yeah, yeah. it's a good thing they do that. There's a fight here again later, and to an extent this one. And uh, if you didn't have a better mental picture of the space, it would be a lot more confusing. So It reminds me of like, like in Fresh Prince, where they only have one set, but then every so often, the hallway becomes a set. Yeah, sometimes they'll just shoot it from a different angle. It's a different director that day. Yeah. Yeah, was, he had the budget <laughs> Jonathan to do Frakes it. came in and he did his cinematic. Oh, oh Jonathan Frakes. Oh, I love Jonathan. Jonathan Franks is a saint. He is a saint. I was saying he's he's a pretty good uh, director. He knows how to use the cinematography. Yeah. The Hobgoblin also does one more quality thing in this scene. He gives a fun little cartoony victory speech thing. It's mine now. All mine. Mine. (laughs) He's fine. (laughs) Is it his? Mine. Mine. Hey, Jameson. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. Norman, what do you think? Fine, fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So yep. good. But it was funny, I thought that um, Hobgoblin's flying around and all these guards on the 
uh, floor are trying to shoot him. It just reminded me of like if you got a bird caught in your house and you're just trying to get him out. It's like, ah, somebody get the broom. <laughs> you've, just got, you've, got, you've got like a tennis racket ah. and like a coat on a broomstick. Yeah. Yeah. That's well, really, I don't know. I got him this is time. Is this helping? I don't know. Damn it, Larry. I told you that's not going to work. Well, I'm sorry I tried. Quick, use the sonic blaster. <laughs> yeah, it's the same, guys. Should I try the sonic blaster? Well, it worked last time. <laughs> that's true. Well, Hobgoblin's first act as Kingpin is to lecture Harry Osborne about how sweet his setup is and then vow revenge on Norman Osborne for no real reason at all. So he, he brings uh, Harry down, which, like, hopefully there's air holes in there. And then the way he says, like, he goes, it's mine. All of it's mine. And then he opens it to Harry and he goes, like, you're mine now. And it's a little too aggressive. You're mine now. He's got the blindfold. And then he's gagged later. Spoiler. <laughs> Maybe don't say that the captive boy is yours. <laughs> he's a man. So it was really funny that all that happened, the fight. And then Harry's just fucking there hanging like nothing fucking happened. Harry's just okay. Uh, he's just there chilling. Yeah, he's fine. He's taking it all in. Like, he's probably deaf from all the explosions. And he's just got mad tinnitus while the hobgoblin's explaining him everything. And he's just smiling and nodding. Like, <laughs> yeah. I think that booth, that bird cage that they keep him in is uh, soundproofed somehow. Like, maybe that's where Wilson Fisk does his podcast. <laughs> yeah. What kind of a podcast would Kingpin do? About crime. No, I think it's about, like, a secret. Like No, I think he reviews things, because, oh. you know, he only likes the best. Ooh. So he's clearly only doing, like, reviews. It's a culinary podcast. <laughs> Ooh, because I only handle the best. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's, that's his, what it's like, called, catchphrase. Only the Best with Willie Fisk. <laughs> with Willie Fisk. Yeah. And he, his ads are of his discount hover chairs. Oh, yeah. Sponsored content. Oh, cross yeah, promotion. Yeah, sponsored content. Right, so. yeah. yeah. Guys, we figured it out. Welcome to Cooking with Kingpin. Oh. Today, we are going to add a kilogram of saffron <laughs> because I only handle the best. It is my honor to turn over this first load of saffron. <laughs> Just. <laughs> Be sure to put your first load of eggs into the skillet. What if I could cut enough? Willie Fisk dialogue together to make like it sound like he's doing a cooking show. Maybe. I would listen to it. Yeah, that'll be a special edition. Oh, I think we should be putting in more basil. <laughs> You're wrong, Smythe. You always want basil. <laughs> it's that's their cooking show. Maybe if you'd let me leave and find more spices. <laughs> oh man. So Hobgoblin is super pumped here because he now has instantaneous communication with any place on the planet. Yep. Which we would call a regular internet connection now. <laughs> this was that was 90s. worth trying to kill people and potentially dying for. First of all, it, it's the return of the 3D globe. So we should all be excited about that. I'm not dissing the globe. I love the globe. Second of all, this is how he communicates. The Kingpin is in control of all crime on the planet. He just proved it. And our my million dollar question is, how does he do it? Is it by text? Are there pagers? He says he has water and power lines connected to this panel for some reason. Like, what is the crime yeah. you're doing on water lines? 
It feels like Wilson Fisk was playing Sim City, and the Hobgoblin just like picked it up. Was like, "Oh, this must be how crime is made," and then starts pushing the buttons. He's like, "Ah, the better I do it, the more money I make." He's just loaded with simoleons. And then the tornado comes in, like a freak accident in Sim City. Oh yeah, you gotta get the cheat codes to get the alien attacks. The alien attacks were so hard. But also, how is he gonna eat if he has control to power and water only? I don't know. I'm pretty sure there's no chef chilling there. Yeah, it's all well and good to say having this control panel lets you control everything, but it's people that enact all this stuff, and if they don't recognize your authority, then you're not going to do anything. Like, it doesn't make any goddamn sense. Like, he needs people to, to... Why would anybody carry out his orders? Like, he has no ability to back any of this up. It's so dumb. It's true. He also goes and mentions that, uh, like, Harry goes and says something about doing something for free, and the Hobgoblin's like, Free? Nothing with me is ever free. Again, will someone pay the man? This is all he's asking for. So much drama could have not happened if someone fucking paid him. Yep. Counter to that is that I think that in this instance, his payment was getting the upgraded wing. Yeah, I would say that. He still asked Kingpin... To get paid, and Kingpin's like, you get paid when I say. Yeah, I'm not defending. Or I'm not. Yeah, I'm not defending that bit. I'm defending uh-huh. the fact that he decides to ransom Harry Osborn for all of Oscorp, but Norman gave him the upgraded wing that gave him everything he wanted. So, how about you fuck off for a minute here? He did get paid. He got handsomely rewarded for his efforts here. He's a double crosser. He's a loose cannon. And I wish that was a little more apparent here. You know, because it just kind of seems like he's just pissed off for not getting paid in money. Yeah. You know, if he's happy that he got the fucking gliders, that's a different thing. Yeah. Anyways. Well, Norman always seems to think lending this item to somebody will result in him getting it back for some reason. So maybe that's his fault. And then Harry goes and asks Hobgoblin, like, oh, what are you doing this for? Or whatever. And Hobgoblin's like... Revenge. Revenge. Another person wants revenge. Revenge? Revenge. 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 <laughs> yeah, that doesn't make any sense. That's what I was saying. Like, what's the revenge for? What What did he do? He didn't pay you that one time, and then you took two gliders, and that, I guess, didn't make you even? Like, you now hate him so much that you were going to, like, kill his son or something? How was he wronged so much? Because he didn't get a fucking paycheck? Yeah. Yeah, this guy's yeah, like a, just a narcissist. He has a lot of gambling debts. They're going to take his house. Oh, they're going to take my knees. You know, his house <laughs> is just full of burn marks from his glider because he doesn't get off it even when he gets home. It's like yeah. one of those people that doesn't take his shoes off when he's at home. Who does that? Fucking Americans. Hobgoblin Skypes Osborne and tells him he's changed their deal. Again, now he wants Oscorp or Harry's going to eat it. Kingpin shows up, though, and offers a way into his old lair if Osborne can help take out the Hobgoblin. Luckily, Osborne has just the person for the job. The person who's been stopped twice by Hobgoblin in these fights already. (laughs) Paid for by these controlled messages. (laughs) That's right. Hobgoblin's face is animated so fucking pointy in this scene. Like, his cheeks all of a sudden are just trying. I said the same thing. It's so weird. 
They're like, no, nah, it's yeah. fine. It's just razor sharp now. The first thing yeah, he did when know. he got his immeasurable wealth is some uh, sweet, sweet plastic surgery. Get Fix those up those Botox. problem areas. He's got the filler. I mean, <laughs> wouldn't we all? Nor, I mean, it's revealed later that it's through the tunnel. But when I first see the Kingpin and Smythe roll in, I was just like, Norman, you really have the worst fucking security guards. <laughs> yeah, they just walk in and surprise him again. It comes out of nowhere. It's pretty bad. Oh, yeah. And they're like, uh, yeah, we got kicked out of the house because the guy you hired. And then they get into this funny, like, blame game. Smythe drops a serious hot jab to Norman. Because uh, Norman says something to the effect of, oh, I thought you guys were dead. Kingpin says, oh, that was greatly exaggerated. And Smythe says, much like your IQ, Osborne. <laughs> that, like, almost starts Boom! a fight. Smythe drops the mic, starts spinning around in his hover chair. <laughs> like, oh! He even has, like, the horn, like, <laughs> Fisk says, though, that there's no time for recrimination, which is, I mean, maybe Smythe got him a word of the day calendar for Christmas <laughs> or something, but that's a sick word, my friend. Yes. Is that blame? Is that what that means? No, I don't look it up. Recrimination is an accusation in response to one from another. Ah. So when someone calls you out and then you start wildly calling them out, those are recriminations. Well, that's why I liked that he's like, now, now, let's not talk about whose fault this is. It's kind of like, yeah, because it's your fault. It's your fault. (laughs) It's your fault. (laughs) If you didn't have a weird (laughs) fetish for this guy. (laughs) Well, everyone's kind of at fault, actually. Except for Smite. He didn't want to trust him. So again, Norman goes and uses exposing Hobgoblin's identity as a threat. So we're kind of like, okay, we're going to go and build up to this, you know? And sadly, we kind of don't get that payoff, but... Yeah, he yeah. brings it up several times, and it doesn't mean anything to us because we don't know who he is, and it never gets... The trigger never gets pulled. We're never like, it's secretly... Aunt May, like double cross. No, Uncle Ben is the hobgoblin or something. Like that You're doesn't not happen. me moving out today, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> There's dishes to be done. <laughs> That's all she does. The Wicked Witch of the West. Uh, yeah, it was a good try. <laughs> when Hobgoblin calls up Osborne, though, he shows him that he has Harry, but now. The blindfold that was on Harry's eyes has been shoved into his mouth as a gag. <laughs> like, why did you need to gag him? Harry was asking too many fucking questions, giving him some lip. Nah, man. So why do you have to stay on the hoverboard all the time? <laughs> that made me go back to your uh, to your point about how he was creepily going, you're mine. Yeah, it's really now weird he's, that he's gagged gag. him. So I'm just like, ah, oh, that's not a that, uh, one plus one makes a number I'm not comfortable. Sixty nine. Was he worried he'd be like, yeah. Dad, help? I don't know. I have no idea why he didn't. There's nothing. There's no information Harry could provide yeah. in this situation that would uh, negatively affect the situation. It would only make his point stronger if he was started begging or something. Yeah. Guys, it's a power thing. He's just like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Get back in your fucking tube. You know what? I'm in control here because I'm the kingpin. That's right. Kind of shit. The Hobgoblin's just manic at this point. He's so fucking happy with himself. Like, when he ends the call with Osborne, he just yells, this town's got a new kingpin, and it's me! Yeah. <laughs> I love the way he says that. <laughs> it's yeah. me! This town has a new kingpin, Osborne, and it's me! Like, surprise, in case you didn't know. <laughs> it's so important to enjoy your work. 
Yeah. You'll never work a day in your life. That's what I always say. Going back to your point, Kevin, Hobgoblin has probably been fucking fully torqued this whole time. Oh, action bone for sure. For sure. Oh, man. He's got a smart bomb in his pants. He's not afraid to use it. Yeah. Oh, there oh, it is. Oh, there it is. Yeah. If you guys were ever to make a superhero costume, would you put the underwear over the pants? Like, is that what people do? Like, is that what people have ever done? I think it makes... You know, I have a better question for that. Who, Who the, the fuck, fuck cares? cares? Peter hit the bell. Peter hit the bell. Who the fuck cares? Moving on. Osborn convinces Spider-Man to help him fix his fuck-ups and shows Spidey the back door to Kingpin HQ. Spider-Man hikes up a secret tunnel where he's able to kind of ambush the Hobgoblin before a fight starts. I want to pause on this for a moment because it takes 41 seconds of him walking through sewers, most of which are recycled shots from the first episode, and then they decide that even though Spidey has failed twice while fighting the Hobgoblin, they're going to give him no additional tech, no assistance of any kind during the fight, and they don't even give him a map to this fucking tunnel that he's wandering around in. Fuck, they don't even give him a key to this back door. He has to kick in a giant steel door as his first action upon entering this dungeon here. You're the, the double the double kicks. What the ah. fuck are they thinking? They're like, yeah, it's down there somewhere. You'll find it. And then they don't even, they're so proud of themselves, they're talking in the limo, and they're like, oh. Brilliant strategy, using one of our enemies to fight the other. This should be quite a show. You fucking morons, this is why you got bilked the first time. I just want to note Kingpin's face when Norman gets into the car, <laughs> and he's like, brilliant strategy. It's just like, <laughs> going from like zero to a hundred, just <laughs> smiles and sunshine from the Kingpin. It's great. <laughs> Yeah, I know. He looks like he's been drinking back there. Like, he hit the minibar hard. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, he's got a... It's like Mad Men back there. He just he's also, like, homeless, technically, at this point. So he's like, whatever. If you're rich enough to have a driver, you are drunk all the time. That's a good point. And, like, Norman's <laughs> acting is so bad. Oh, yeah, no, I don't have my son. Mer. This isn't a double cross at all. <laughs> Uh, if it's another one, that we're up to Quadracross, actually. This must be the shove Norman Osborn around episode, because he's getting shoved by Kingpin, he's getting shoved by Spider-Man, <laughs> he's getting shoved by everybody, he's just like, that's true. just sitting there, he's just, oh, I don't know what to do, my son, I'm fine. My company. But then Spider-Man gets to that door, and he's just like, I don't know the code, why didn't he just fucking give him the code? And then he just kicks the door down. Yeah. There's other enhanced human beings in this world. And Kingpin knows that. I guess because it's in such a shitty place, it's it's the biggest, you know, security features that you wouldn't expect it to be related to him at all. Yeah. Like, it's a it looks That's like fair. it's near Oscorp or something, so it's like across the river from It's ten fucking miles away. Yeah, yeah. it's so far. From that uh like montage that we get. Yeah. Sorry, the replayed montage. Yeah, recycled montage. Recycled yeah. montage? Recyclage? Montage! Spider-Man eventually opens the shutter uh, that is blocking this elevator for some reason, and he lets himself in. 
He tangles with the Hobgoblin, once again not doing particularly well, but Hobgoblin does so much damage to the place that he's kind of sort of forced to abandon it. Spider-Man doesn't give chase though, because he has an Osborne to save. So Hobgoblin's just there making deals. Wheeling and dealing. Landmine, sure, I know where you can get him. And I want double the commission. Yeah, and he speaks of a character named Merrick. Good news, Merrick. I'm going to help you get rid of those extra mines. I looked it up. I'm like, oh, is this any name of note? And it seems that there was a few issues of Wolverine's solo series that uh, a mercenary or like someone who was in the army named Merrick was kind of like involved. So it might have been referring to that. Maybe it was a shout out, but. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. But uh, deep cut. I was picturing um, the Hobgoblin already with the, like, ShamWow, you know, wireless mics like they have um, when, like, those kind of salespeople are walking around their uh, their apartments and whatnot in the movies. Like, he's just yeah. got the earpiece feet up on the desk. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> weird, though, because he's, he's talking on, like, a speakerphone, but you can't hear the guy he's talking to. Yeah. So, Cool. So Spider-Man goes and shoots Hobgoblin's glider, which is just fucking leaning against the desk or whatever. Probably and it his tips best over. strategy he's used in this entire two-parter. Spider-Man's? Yes. Well, using his smarts and his webs. Jesus Christ. Holla. <laughs> A lethal combination. Then the glider tips over, and right away, Hobgoblin's like, Spider-Man? How the fuck did you know your back was turned, dude? Yeah. Something like fell down. Like, you're pretty jumpy. Spider-Man. I like that he went to goop mode. The webbing just like, bleh, like so yeah, sticky Yeah, it really did gross. goop on there. Some good gooping. <laughs> and Hobgoblin's response to this potential threat is to just start whipping explosives around this confined space again. <laughs> like, right next to himself much of the time. Which he is... is so manic. Like, he would just start blowing up the entire place. He's just so pissed. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't think of things. It's pretty bad. Although, so after webbing the glide to the ground, it allows Spider-Man to get in a pretty solid kick to the goblin's chest plate, which is the first time he's actually struck the hobgoblin as well in this two-part episode, and I think it might be the last. Yeah. I, I was half hoping that it would just destroy him. Like, he's strong. Hobgoblin's a regular dude. He lands a double-footed yeah. kick to the chest, just breaks every rib in there, and <laughs> leaves him in shambles. Hobgoblin's just coughing up blood for the rest of the episode. Yeah, exactly. It's just they end up in the hospital bed next to May. It's just like, <laughs> you think oh. you had it rough. Whoa. He has uh, his bag full of those discs, and that's what he's using, which, like, fair enough. That's probably what I would use, minus the smoke bombs. And it's Spider-Man just so the audience at home who hasn't caught when he shot the discs onto the billboard and then has been shooting that them to him the whole episode that they're razor sharp. Watch it, Spidey. Those discs of his are razor sharp. We got that, Spidey. Don't worry. <laughs> cut the skin off a tomato yeah like yeah. he even used it to cut the webbing like yeah, we yeah. get it yeah. it's sharp it's cool although that's exactly the kind of thing you want to handle with your hands you idiot yeah. but that's fun <laughs> he's just bleeding and he's like what he sticks his hand in his pocket comes out it's gushing blood oh. this entire fight they keep cutting back to the helicopter 
which I guess Fisk is in a helicopter with Smythe now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, he's, like, watching the, with the uh, binoculars on, and he's loving it. Yeah, the first thing he says is, Only a few more minutes. A few more. What the fuck does that mean? Yeah, it's you would think no that idea. he planted a bomb. Like, I thought that the idea was going to be that they, like, Kingpin's like, I can deal without my headquarters. Let's plant a bomb, get them to fight each other, and then we get rid of both of them. But no, <laughs> it's just him watching. Maybe it's till he climaxes, watching this oh, fight man. of two people he hates. He's just like, just a few minutes more. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't but know. how is he even seeing this fight inside of a building? Like, he, I assume that the, the glass is tinted in a way that people can't just watch like peep into his office you know like what if yeah, big willie no, fisk fair. is getting some alone time at the desk Ugh. the uh yeah. the other thing is like how are people not calling in the police that there's a massive series of explosions happening in the chrysler building like are there tourists there are tourists that visit the Chry- i mean it's late at night for sure but yeah probably but people like next door aren't like oh what's going on in the chrysler building or is this again just super villain you know apathy at this point Probably the apathy there. But did you guys notice that um, Hobgoblin threw one of those razor-sharp discs and hit the projector of the hologlobe? And then it just started spewing light? Yeah, it spews like hollow juice. It's like, whoa, yeah. I was like, is he going to die? Like, If you say it's hit by that, is that supposed to fry him? You know that's probably not good for you in any way. Like, it gives you all of the cancers, but... It'd be so tempting. Or at least, like, it. melts you. <laughs> it's, just, I mean, ah! it's like a Tide Pod. You can't resist. Yeah. Well, they keep fighting for a while until the place is so fucked up that Hobgoblin's like, well, it's ruined. And he just fucks right off. Takes off, leaves. But he makes them have to pick between Harry and Yeah, he does use him. his razor disc to chop down Harry's birdcage, and then that's enough to distract Spider-Man. Yeah, but I have questions about the physics behind that disc because they show it like <laughs> going and like spinning. He like just throws it up as if like not trying to aim, and then it perfectly goes and cuts the rope that's holding Harry's birdcage. Yeah, it's impressive. His like, flying disc yeah. really boomeranged on him. It did boomerang for sure. <laughs> Eventually, uh, Hobgoblin actually leaves the uh, Kingpin HQ. Kingpin's just like, it's working. Of course. You expected something less from the Kingpin. He's like fucking talking to Smythe. It's the two of them in the helicopter. Why are you talking about yourself in the third person? Why are you dropping the catchphrase? I feel like Smythe needs to just sewer him there. Just like, come on, dude. <laughs> be cool. Like, like just, <laughs> just be human for a second here, buddy. You always do this. I know you're scared, but you can't let your feelings just rule you like this. Smythe and Fisk head back inside as Spidey takes the elevator back down to the gross sewer. Seeing him vulnerable, the baddies try to finish him off, first dropping the elevator to the bottom and then blowing up the escape tunnel. But Spidey and Harry make it to safety. I love the action shot of Smythe and the Kingpin running in. Like, the Kingpin's running, which, first of all, I didn't think was humanly possible. And then the action shot of Smythe's hitting a, a G-Force, like, angled turn. You can tell he's going fast. He's like, zoom! 
Do you think he controls the speed with like some sort of pedal? It's obviously not a pedal. It's a hand crank, maybe. So Spider-Man helped Kingpin get Hobgoblin out of his lair. And then right away, he goes and turns on Spider-Man. It's a fucking dick move, man. Yep. It's pretty dickish. Yep. Well, you know, he really wants to get him. I guess that's his thing. Like, his whole thing is, like, he's always looking for ways to take advantage of the situation. Mm-hmm. True. That would be his... Yeah, The enemy of my enemy yeah. is not his friend, turns out. But... Smythe presses, yeah, two buttons on the console and drops that elevator. That should be harder to do. Yeah, someone does it by accident. Like, oh, yeah. he was close to retirement. Or maybe Smythe yeah. has it keyed <laughs> up waiting for uh, Willie to take the elevator. They're like, oops. Kingpin's like, oh, I got to go visit Norman. And Smythe's just waiting there like, yes, yes. He's Smythe actually come got too. He's macroed. Like, he just doesn't want to show Kingpin how easy it is or how ready he really is. Basically, Spider-Man carries Harry down from the elevator, and he's like, As soon as I get you out of here, Osborne, I'm going to go back down this tunnel and find out where we just came from. Spider-Man, you've been fighting in the room with the windows that clearly are the Chrysler building. Like, I understand he's probably preoccupied, but, like, how did he not figure it out? Like, oh, look, there's a (laughs) semicircle with all these triangles. Huh, sounds like what looks like one of our famous landmarks. Well, that Maybe. seems so ridiculous, I guess. It Might is. as well be some brownstone in the Bronx. Well, that's where their safe house is. Although that explosion as they destroy the tunnel to try and take out Spider-Man as a last resort is pretty yeah. impressive. They spent must have spent a lot of the animation budget on it because it blows up for like 25 seconds. And most of those shots are unique shots. I had to look up what Pyrrhic victory meant because Smythe drops that when they run into the destroyed KPHQ. Yeah, and Kingpin says, exactly as planned. Like, really? Exactly as planned. Ever hear the phrase, Pyrrhic victory? Which means a victory, but a a great loss. So there you go, kids. Just because you are going to rebuild this place bigger and better, like you said, doesn't mean you actually won. You've lost a tremendous amount of money here. Those fiber optic cables aren't going to lay themselves. I love the way he points at Smythe. And just, You're wrong, Smythe. Yeah, he's so <laughs> just classic. You're wrong, Smythe. It's just so matter of fact. It's just, you're wrong, Smythe. Oh, well, okay. Now you, grab you a broom. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now put that, set that thing to suck, and now we got to yeah. clean it up. Ooh, is he no, like a Roomba? Push the button that says Roomba. Yeah, he just turns <laughs> into a this... giant Roomba. <laughs> Or the like dust of the street dusters with the circular thing, the brooms. Sh- oh yeah, street sweepers. Yeah, he's a street sweeper. It's like a ten in one <laughs> hover chair. It's ten mostly cleaning. <laughs> Some robot control. After a pointless eight-second scene in the hospital, Spider-Man returns Harry to Oscorp. He demands some answers, but instead gets a soliloquy from Norman. This is finally interrupted by the Hobgoblin, who makes one more try at taking out everybody for some reason. Spider-Man manages to save them and lets Norman take the credit. Norman's soliloquy is like, yeah, do you think this was hard for me? I chose to be away at work. I chose to miss his games. I was having a great time. You ever seen those secretaries? You ever been on a four-day conference bender, Spider-Man? They're great. (laughs) Those electronics boys know how to get down. (laughs) It's true, we do. He's just sitting there reminiscing to Spider-Man <laughs> about all the times he got wasted instead of attending <laughs> Harry's games and stuff. Also, he's probably not a very good athlete. 
Well, it's that giraffe neck. <laughs> Could you imagine? Norman's like, it was too embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, they're so casual, though, about Hobgoblin being quote-unquote gone. What about the Hobgoblin? Gone. And it's finally over. What possibly could lead you to believe that's true? Nothing yeah. that's happened here would indicate that is accurate at all. I guess it's wrapped up in a nice little package now. Well, <laughs> He's gone. And then, so the Hobgoblin s- surprises no one and attacks after they yep. have this sentimental TMI moment. And then, so yep. this so Hobgoblin blows up probably the side of this lab, I guess, and it's about to fall on Harry. And Norman doesn't push Harry out of the way. He kind of just jumps in the way. And it's like, Norman, you would have died too. Like, there's no way you're protecting Harry here. Yeah, Were you it just was like just suicide. Yeah, was he just like, fuck it, I'm out. I got no company. My son sucks. Huh. <laughs> like, yeah, but then Spider-Man lets him take the credit. He's like, oh, I guess he made the right choice after all. Like, you didn't do anything. Like, you just caught the fucking beam, you lazy. We're okay. I guess he finally made the right choice. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Although Harry's probably still gonna die because he's been ragdolled like five times so far today and explosions and you know, crashes. Like when they when he when Spider Man catches him in the elevator, he looks like he's got his spine broken in half. Yeah, he almost pulls a Gwen. Jeez. They they put him yeah. down instead of like getting a medical attention, they like just stuff him in a office chair. <laughs> like the drunk guy at a party, like, ah, he's fine. <laughs> Sleep it off, you idiot. <laughs> He's just gonna choke on his own vomit. Yeah, yeah, and then it's. Like, I think Spider-Man just was like, "Fuck the apartment, gotta save him." <laughs> like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> He's just gonna weaken and birdies him until his undergrads <laughs> over. Spider-Man chases the hobgoblin onto the roof, and they have another disappointing fight. Spidey manages to damage his glider a little bit by doing a cute little backflip, causing the goblin to crash into a tower and then into the river. Spider-Man does not bother to follow up on this. All this can outmaneuver and bullshit from Spider-Man. It's like, dude, you totally can. And you have a whole bunch of smokestacks or whatever the fuck there is, like Oscorp, that can go and help you. Yeah. You know? Like, I just don't fucking get it. With this guy this episode. Well, he's, I mean, he has to deal with all these randomly colored smokes. Some of the bombs blow oh, up yeah. here and they turn, they, this causes a bunch of red smoke. And right. we'd seen brownish black smoke and we've seen green smoke, but now we have red smoke. So it bugs me because he doesn't even do the classic, like, webbing between the smokestacks to, like, you know, catch him, like a like slip line slip or whatever. Line yeah, yeah, because I would have liked Spider-Man to finally learn. Like, obviously, the Hobgoblin's just kind of flying by the seat of his pants. So he's obviously falling into habits. Like, oh, I'm sure maybe he turns left every so often or something. It would have been cool if Spider-Man was like, oh, instead of complaining about being outmaneuvered, finally being like, oh, shit, he always does this. haha, And like actually get the upper hand because of the combination like peter said of brains and webbing which is what we're here for i would have settled for them reusing the bit from the spider slayer and just right. gumming up his jets or something yeah with webbing ah at this point because it, it's so lame to see him just fail completely and i am surprised they didn't do the clothesline thing as well vero but especially because 
they have a lot of other similarities with the they have like Sam Raimi level Spider Man retorts in this fight. Oh yeah. When Hobgoblin's like So you're here too. How convenient. Yeah. For me. <laughs> yeah. Nailed him, buddy. <laughs> oh, he's not walking away from that pun or that quip. Ooh, yeah, that's spicy. It's like, oh, damn it. Like later Hobgoblin's just like, damn, he fucking got me in that one, eh? <laughs> it was convenient for him. He's right. Although, if they changed the way that Spider-Man beat Hobgoblin, we would have been robbed of the amazing facial expression that they paint on the Hobgoblin while his glider is going AWOL or whatever. It's like terror to the 10th degree and also like, oh shit, all rolled into one. That's a great shot. You could have had that either way. That was fine. I guess he could have made that face before he hit the the like... thing the trip line or whatever they also gave him like these fangs i guess is is a guy wearing false teeth to make him more terrifying you know i'm like he's not an actual <laughs> goblin like, guys he got to- <laughs> that's yeah. why he that's why he was lisping sometimes because they're cheap dollar store <laughs> Do they glow uh, in the vampire dark? fangs yeah they're glow in the dark vampire fangs <laughs> got him in some fruity but pebbles. what was but what was spider-man's plan there like he goes and well, he used his super yeah. strategy of jumping slightly. Yeah, and then he goes like, "That was for Aunt May." Okay, okay. So if that was Spider-Man's strategy, what the fuck was Hobgoblin's? Like, was he gonna run into him at that point? He has the bombs. Why was he just gonna go and ram him? He's got know, the bombs. I think he was going for yeah, like to just hit him with the glider at that point, but. I don't know. I didn't love it. So Hobgoblin's going and spinning into what I assume is the Hudson River because it's New York and whatever. Um, yeah. Why does he just fucking jump off the glider? Like, why does he just fucking bail? It's like, I'm good. Yeah. Well. I mean, he's pretty high. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I mean, he's going real fast. I think you, you're you better off trying to steer into it. Like, you know, when you're, you can pull up at the last minute maybe and, and skim. I don't know, man. I don't think he's got a plan for in case he falls. He was probably going and spinning so fast and stuff, so he didn't have time to react or whatever. So he just kind of swung into it. Plus, he also did. He also didn't go and read yeah. the um, emergency uh, documentation. Mm. Yeah, yeah. In an emergency, your pumpkins can be used as flotation devices. Well, that was the next thing that Osborne was going to go and tell him, but he went and like fucked off back to Kingpin HQ. It's like, oh, you need. Where's the remote control glider to help him? Oh, you need the. Be sure to go and read this. Oh, he left. He didn't read the safety information. Oh well. Back at the hospital, Doctor No Degree is checking in on May, pausing to shame Peter as he returns to see her. May naturally wakes up, declaring his messy apartment was the cause of her trauma. They agree Peter should stay with her a little while longer. The doctor gives him such the worst guilt trip. Yeah. He says, like, that's what's wrong with you kids today, almost. And then part of me was expecting. That's exactly what he says. That's what's wrong with you kids today. You can't seem to make the right choices. And then part of me was expecting him to continue by being like, you and your avocado toast, your lack of home ownership. Ah, oh, your yoga. You guys truly are the worst generation. That's fair. Just going on an old person rant. <laughs> but did you guys not notice 
the doctor's fucking weird eyes when he goes and tells Peter's like something more important than this. Yeah, more important oh than this. Yeah, those like, are creepy. I send, uh, I'll send you guys a screenshot, but it's just so He's fucking a stealth stupid. goblin. Yeah, maybe maybe that's the hobgoblin. That's the twist. Yeah, maybe. Oh my uh, god. M Night Shyamalan Spider Man. Yeah. Uh, chung, no, chung. the doctor's just getting into the pain meds a little bit too hard. Yeah, just really. like a little fentanyl for you, a little fentanyl a little for me. me. <laughs> I like here that uh, Mary Jane decides that she won't move out because she's worried that the same thing will happen to her aunt. Which, at, at first I was like, that's so dumb. And then I'm like, oh, well, I guess super villain attacks are probably pretty common. So whatever. But the uh, the way that she says that I can wait. And then she and Peter look at each other in this sort of knowing way. It makes me think that uh, she's not really talking about just waiting to move out. Like, <laughs> there's a lot. It seems like a lot of subtext in that way she said it, and the way that they looked at each other. So I can wait. Well, now that they're under their old, my other respected old lady roofs, they're gonna have to wait. Not in my house. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Is like, maybe it's like. <laughs> They had a pact that it was only hand stuff until they oh. had their own place. So when Mary Jane goes and says that, and like onto your point, Kevin, you can just kind of see in Peter's eyes, he's like, "No!" <laughs> just destroyed yeah. inside. It's like, ah, well, oh, never mind those sexy times. <laughs> and also, like, way to make Peter feel bad. Yeah. Like, huh, I'm not gonna move out because, like, look what happened. Yeah, you probably you shouldn't have moved out aunt. either. Yeah, look what you did to your aunt. Yeah, like these kids are in their twenties for fuck's sakes. I remember when I was in my twenties, I couldn't nothing could hold me back from moving out. You know? Whatever. Yeah. So Aunt May wakes up. Big twist. Aunt May passed out because of the terrible condition at the apartment. Oh, it was such a shock. Don't worry. The hobgoblin's gone now. The hobgoblin. Oh, who's talking about that? It was your apartment, dear. I've never huh? seen such a mess. Oh. What a it was, bitch. It was such a mess. <sighs> there was toilet paper in the living room. Yeah, I was expecting her to go on a huge rant. Like, oh my god, you were drinking. There were condom balloons. What were those stains? Like, just... Young people used curse words. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, the the day glow posters everywhere. <laughs> so much black velvet. She probably so... would have loved the day glow. Oh, yeah, it reminds me of Ben and mine's first date. Her swinging days. Her and Ben were just tripping balls on acid the whole time. Ah, oh, yes. <laughs> nice. Hey, Kevin, if this episode was like a present, how do you finish wrapping a present? Uh, I guess you put uh, some sort of name tag on it. Is that, is that uh, what you're I'm thinking for? of sort of a festive, fun ribbon. You tie it in. Oh, okay. You put so a bow on wrapping it. paper. Oh, yeah. You put a the... bow on it. Here we go. Well, I'm gonna put a bow on this episode, uh, and it are. comes with a jarring transition. While May tells Peter that Uncle Ben would be proud of him for saving Wilson Fisk, he ignores her and vividly hallucinates about the hobgoblin riding off into the moon, taunting him. <laughs> okay, I actually thought about this. May spent a lot of time with Peter after saving Wilson Fisk, and, like, did she just forget? Like, this would feel like a very important thing to tell her nephew that, hey, 
your uncle who's dead would have supported you. Uncle Ben would have been very proud. But you just sat on this information? Yeah, maybe. I like that Aunt May is awake for 10 seconds and Peter's already ignoring her. (laughs) (laughs) It'd have been funnier, too, if she just kept going. And you know, Peter, if you're going to live out there in that apartment, you got to do the dishes, you got to put your shoes away, and he's just fucking out of it. (laughs) She basically does. Like, she narrates over that, like, animation where they, you know, just recycle shots from earlier in the episodes. So, I don't know. Like, it's weird, though, because it ends with the hobgoblin riding towards the moon. Right. Uh, and he's just calling him out. Like, it's call- he's calling out Spider-Man. And it's super unclear what exactly is happening and where Peter's getting this information from. It's not something he said earlier. So, is he just making it up? Don't forget me, Spider-Man. I'm not going to forget you. I don't know. I don't know. Like, so Peter's been Spider-Man for for some time. You know, he's not an amateur Spider-Man right now. Do you think that it's like starting to affect his mental health? You think that's where they're kind of going on this? It's like, is it an implication? He's like just there worrying about like, oh my God, like I can't go to sleep because I have anxiety about the Hobgoblin coming back. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think I think the actual thing they're going for here is to just make the threat of the Hobgoblin more apparent. Like, this won't be the last you see of the Hobgoblin. We got a serious bad boy here that you got to be worried about because he can come back at any time. This guy with this wing. So maybe they're trying to go and make him seem like he's more threatening than he actually is. Like, hey, audience, go and... Worry about the hobgoblin later because he's actually a threat when we kind of don't think he is. It's kind of shoehorned in there, you know? Yeah, maybe they're just kicking the can down the road again. It just feels like they're just keep trying to promise you that something good's going to happen here. Next time, Spider-Man will win. Well, I mean, it's pretty emblematic of the entire crap fest that we've been dealt here. And mercifully, this takes us to the end of this episode. It's true. So, uh, lady and gentleman, what were your thoughts and arbitrary ratings for this episode? I'm going to give this one a seven and a half double crosses out of ten. This episode was better than the last one. I don't know how you get a half a double cross, whatever. A quarter cross. <laughs> this episode was better than the last one for sure. More action. We got a little bit more payoff. Uh, that we actually got to see things like resolve. But I would have liked to see um, Hobgoblin having his identity revealed, and it was someone we least suspected, like the fucking newscaster on J3 Communications that we've affectionately called Geraldo. <laughs> but we don't get that kind of payoff. Um, I, so I guess we'll see if he comes back again, which we've alluded to that he probably does. Um, the Hobgoblin wasn't that great of an adversary because we know that Spider-Man can easily take him out. It was basically like he was facing Mysterio, who was a little bit more maneuverable, you know? And they tried to make him tormenting and stuff, and it was interesting in what what they did with him, but I think they could have combined it into one episode. Um, but it was definitely better than the last one, for sure. But not by much. Vera, what about you? Yeah, this episode is better than the last one in that at least Spider-Man lands a hit on the Hobgoblin and actually feels like he might have been able to beat him 
had uh, the bomb-wielding maniac that is in Hobgoblin didn't go overboard and destroy KPHQ. I feel like pretty much the same as I felt about the last episode. Uh, There's a lot of exposition um, and a lot of dialogue. Again, I tinfoil hat believe that they just stretched it out to get Mark Hamill as long as possible. And the cliffhanger, like, yeah, I mean, I guess he'll come back at some point and remind you that there's another goblin in town, not just the Green Goblin. Yeah, I guess my rating for this episode would be uh, five neglected sons out of eight. And yeah, I felt very eh about this episode. All right. As for me, uh, last episode I said I didn't like what I saw, and I said I would put an asterisk on that with the caveat that it could be easily redeemed with a very solid second episode. Uh, If they had used the first one for exposition, setting things up, and then the second episode... Uh, they came through with it all. Uh, it all would have been forgiven from me. But uh, the funny thing about an asterisk is that it looks a lot like an anus because that's what this was. It was a big fucking butthole. It was functional, but not something I enjoy spending 19 minutes around. Mark Hamill was great, uh, but the whole thing is padded. It doesn't make a ton of sense. The hospital scenes are so short and so pointless they should not have been there at all Uh, spider-man feels so impotent even with two episodes of build-up the resolution feels like a first act fight like he still hasn't figured things out this episode is fucking trash if there was at least a good ending i'd argue that there's one good episode in here that they stretched it out too far and you could cut it and recut it and make something good out of this but there is no resolution it's trash two broken elevators out of five hey kevin yes peter newspapers oh, god damn it he's supposed to have some big scoop the moment all america has been waiting for today's issue with bugle brock's big scoop eddie brock's biggest scoop big news too that's unbelievable exactly how did you happen to get this a secret organization known as shield asks for jameson's assistance in capturing a terrorist known as the chameleon cool what do you guys uh remember about this one anything uh that the chameleon has no nose he Voldemort's it up there. Actually, he kind of looks like a weird frog mutant version of Powder. <laughs> nice. He looks like the lizard from The Amazing Spider-Man. How like they gave him slits for nose. Oh, you mean the movie? But before that was a thing. Um, also, that he always grabs his crotch because that's where his like photo belt is. Yeah, he touches his belt buckle a lot in a way that makes you kind of uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> like I might report him. He's always to like making complete guard. eye contact, and his hands are like in the crotchal region at all times. He never talks unless he's in the other person's form. We're going to have to figure out these powers when we watch this episode. But uh, I remember some cool stuff with S.H.I.E.L.D. And I remember some cool stuff with J. Jonah Jameson's in this one. I don't, I I can't put my finger on it, but I feel like this is going to be a Jonah episode. And maybe that's our biggest problem here with the Hobgoblin was that just wasn't any Jonah to be had. We gotta have Ed Asner in every episode. Well, there's Jonah in the last episode, and we got him just fucking sitting in that chair where everything's blowing up around him. And he was great I hope for it gets those my few good seconds. Side. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was fantastic. We just need more Jonah in our lives, and I, I'm pretty sure we're gonna get a bunch of Jonah in this one, so I'm yeah. gonna be looking forward to Sweet. it. Sweet. Agreed. Me too. All right. 
Well, everyone, that's it for this one. If you like being social on media, check us out and say hello. If you liked us a lot and want to help out, talk us up to your friends, family, and secret lovers online and in person, or rate us and review us on iTunes. It'd be nice as all. We'll be back at you in a couple of weeks with the last season of episode one. Booyah! Wait, Woo! you said it backwards. The last oh, season no. of episode one. <laughs> oh, no. The last, last episode of season one. Yeah. Oh, you maniac. Last season of episode one. <laughs> nope, we're leaving it. We're leaving yeah, it. We're I'm leaving, leaving it. Yeah, I'm leaving that for sure. <laughs>